hello, hello again, everybody, and welcome in to another edition of the Prep Extra Podcast. It's finally here. It is state tournament basketball time, and we have all of the breakdown here on the Prep Extra Podcast. As always, host Jeff Ekstrom. Alongside me is Luke Mullen, and again, for the second straight week, we have welcomed in our fearless leader and sports editor, Clark Grell. Clark, welcome in again. Glad to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's a like you said, it's an exciting week here, exciting month, and um, we're you know ready to get going, ready to um, what live at PBA next week, Luke? <laughs> right? I'm not sure. We're we're gonna try to venture out a little bit, but yeah, we might we might be living off the concession stand a little bit. <laughs> well, that's uh, when you're living off the concession stand at PBA. You know, it's state basketball time, and we're gonna preview that as well as a little state swimming. Clark, you had the coverage there, but first. Let's recap what happened at districts. We're going to jump right in. It's a jam-packed episode. We're going to start in girls class A. And Clark, going over to you, I mean, kind of expected results. Millard South, Fremont, Omaha Central, all winning their districts as anticipated. In Bellevue, though, when you get down to the lower districts, A5, 6, and 7, Bellevue East with a hard-fought 43-39 win over Miller North. It's their first state tournament appearance since 2014. Yeah, uh, Brittany Wilson's done a great job coaching that team. And, and going into the season, they did have some um, high expectations. And on paper, they looked really good. I think preseason, uh, I may have had them five or six because they had a lot of good talent coming in. Maya Scott's really good. Uh, the Jensen girls is really good. Um, so for them to kind of put it together, put together a nice run here and, um, you know, cap it off. I mean, beating Miller North, that – that's a really good Miller North team they beat, so that, that tells you what all you need to know about what they can do or what they're capable of. And then when you focus in on the city, Lincoln High well goes in the state tournament as the three seed after beating Lincoln Northeast 65-53. Lincoln Southwest outlasts Lincoln East 43-36. And Bellevue West has a last-second winner to beat Lincoln Pius X 38-36, but the Bolts will make the play make the state tournament with the wild card. And I mean, Clark, that's a that's a pretty good result there in the city. Even Lincoln East, I mean, we predicted um, they would give up a good fight against Southwest, and that's what happened. Yeah, and I think um, Coach Tim Barrett from Southwest kind of he kind of mentioned this. I thought it was a good point with Southwest and East. It was really back and forth. Um, Southwest actually jumped up fifteen four. And then it, East got back in it really quickly, and then it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and and then Southwest just kind of took over in that fourth quarter. And he he mentioned this, and I think it was true that their experience really paid off. I mean, a lot of their players have been in big game moments, have been that state, Freddie Wallace, um, Rathbun, uh, you know, you know, uh, Kennedy played as a freshman last year, and Lincoln East has I think four new starters this year so only Maddie Campbell's really only experienced that kind of environment I I think that was a difference because Southwest was able to pull away clamp down on defense uh, East wasn't hitting some shots and um, I, I think Southwest experience paid off in that game for sure then when you move down to class B biggest one of the bigger upsets of the weekend number 14 seed Waverly goes to Scott's Bluff and man that is a drive and they come home with a 50 to 48 win over them. I mean, geez, that's quite a win there. Yeah, you know, I'm not totally surprised by that, to be honest with you, because um, if you look at what Waverly did, they got off to a really good start at the beginning of the season. They they beat uh, they beat a good Blair team in overtime. Um, you know, they beat Elkhorn early, I think, in the season. Or can't remember if it was Elkhorn. They, they had some really nice December wins. They, you saw their potential, what they're capable of doing. Um, they also played a really, really tough schedule. Playing the EMC is not very it, – it's so tough. And so I think that helped them here. Um, so I, I wasn't totally surprised by that. I thought Scott's Bluff would win that game. But, you know, the, Waverly's really good. They got some good shooters, and they can shoot the three. John Cockrell always has them playing defense as well. So, um, yeah, big win for the Waverly girls, and I'm sure you guys will touch on it the next night. It was the Waverly boys doing it in Sydney. And so it was kind of cool that uh, the girls – stayed out there to watch um, the boys the next night. That was I thought that was pretty neat. And then in probably one of the more feel-good moments, 
through district play was Morgan Mahoney hitting a buzzer beater to give Beatrice a 44-41 win over Elkhorn to send them to the state tournament. I mean, Clark, you're from Beatrice. I mean, what was that uh, your reaction to that? And I mean, that's that was quite a moment. Yeah, big night at the Ozone, um, they call it. Um, you know, that uh, good deal for Beatrice because I the game prior to that, they played at York in the sub-district final, um, and they did not look good. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I would... You know, I, I thought, man, if they play like this, they're not going to beat Elkhorn. And, and for them to put it together, you know, they bounce back in practice, obviously. And then, um, you know, to, to beat an Elkhorn team that they had lost to during the regular season, that, that, was a, that was a big turning point or a big turnaround for them. Nice job. And, and Jalen Weeks, got he has them back there at State for the third time in four years. Hmm. Good run there down to Beatrice. And in C1, number 12 seed BRLD beats number 5 Wahoo 41-38. And Malcolm finally gets back to the state tournament after being upset last season by Winnebago. 46-36 win over Syracuse. Yeah, BRLD has one of the top post players in the in the state, and uh, the, the Snyder girl, she averages a double-double. Um, Wahoo obviously had some trouble slowing her down. Um, and and BRLD plays in the East Husker Conference, um, and that again, when you're playing against really really good competition, and, and not that Wahoo wasn't Wahoo played a tough schedule too, but I, I just think it prepares those teams so well for for postseason, and so not totally surprised to see BRLD win that game, but um, you know uh, you know tough loss for Wahoo because they had a huge you know, what a great season for them, especially after finishing about 500 last year. Move on down to C2. All the top seeds win except for Elkhorn Valley beating UTAN 40-19. to uh, And then in D1, number 14 seed Hardington Cedar Catholic beats the number 3 seed Ravenna 55-33. Yeah, if you look at Hardington CC schedule, it's brutal. I mean, they all their losses are to Class C teams or mostly Class C teams. Um, you know, they just play a crazy, crazy schedule. And so... Um, don't be fooled by the record, and I I think you know they they're going to play Elmwood Murdoch in the first round. I mean, it, it you, on paper twenty three and three Elmwood Murdoch against thirteen and fifteen HCC it, it looks it looks bad on paper, but I don't think it's going to be. But yeah, props to them for for uh, again, like I said, tough schedule prepared them for that. I think I, I was surprised at how they they beat it was Ravenna they beat really yeah. bad. That was what surprised me. It wasn't that they beat Ravenna? It was how bad they beat them. I mean, they beat them by 20, 22 points, which was impressive. Yeah, big win there for Hardington Cedar Catholic. And then in the city, in D2, Parkview Christian, oh, so close to making state, dropping one to Anselmo Myrna, 27-26. I mean, Anselmo Myrna is a good team, too. So, yep. and Parkview Christian was shorthanded. Yeah, and man, what a crushing postseason for the, for the, for the, um, for the Patriots. If you I don't know if you remember their first. So they lost this game in Selma Myrna late, free throws. Uh, they lost to Exeter Milligan in the sub-district final. They were up by a point, fouled a girl with two seconds left. They hit free throws. So two crushing losses for Parkview, but it shouldn't take away from their season. I mean, the best best season in program history, yeah. and, and a lot of those girls are coming back next year. And I believe Anselmo Murder had a free throw with 0.3 seconds left yeah. to give him the win. Yeah. And Parker Christian, I believe, was out their best player. I Clark, you'll know her name, but she was a big post player. And she, I think right before district, she got hit with a season-ending injury. Yeah, she was actually injured in Mudecus. Mm, Caroline yeah. um, Dos Santos, a 6'4", 6'5", post player who's playing Juco ball in Texas next year. She got hurt at Mudecus, um, was going to have surgery, um, and then they thought, and then she wanted to say, "Hey, I could go. I could try. I could play a little bit before I go in under the knife." So they, she played for like three games or so, mm. right before she, she had the surgery. And then, um, and then that obviously she had the surgery before districts, which sidelined her for districts. But yeah, yeah, they were without her. If they have her, who knows? That they, they might be. Uh, yeah. We might be talking about them being in Lincoln. Yeah. And then we move down to boys, and in Class A, one word, chaos. Luke, you, I mean, everyone was covering games yesterday, and guys, wow, just an absolute nail-biter all across the board. Miller North, Bellevue West, and Omaha West Side, the top three seeds and teams, all take care of business. But Luke, the number one upset of the day was Elkhorn South. They walk into Omaha Central, and they crush them by 19, 72-53. They get the district title. Eagles, Eagles get the at-large spot. And I was really expecting a close game there, considering it was a, a two-point central in the first time they met. So 
to see Elkhorn South put up 72, uh, super impressive. I mean, Central, I think, has been a very, very good Class A team, but still, you know, their their scoring kind of comes and goes. They have those nights where they're just on and, you know, the scoring reflects it. So, you know, 53 definitely on the lower end of their output, but 72 for Elkhorn South, I think, has to be one of their best nights of the year. And I think, you know, just kind of that, that district championship, you know, set up, those guys just brought it. And, you know, they, they've been kind of there in the mix as a, a top 10 team all year. Really like Henry Bird, I think one of the best forwards in Class A. Alec Noonan as well. Those are their two top scorers on the year. But, you know, you really need some of those role players to step up. And they certainly did in that game. I think Central feel pretty fortunate to to get the at-large spot. But deserving, you know, considering last year it they kind of got knocked out from a, a similar thing. So, And then we had two overtime games, plus a, another upset per se. One, Lincoln Southwest pushed Gretna to the brink as they lost to the Dragons in double overtime, 59-54. Lincoln Pius X defeats Papio South, 61-46. We'll talk about the last one because that's its own separate thing. But, Luke, those two games, Pius X, they've really played well down the stretch. Um, I don't – I'm not surprised. I'm – I'm just of the result. I'm just a little surprised of how much they won by. And then, of course, Southwest Gretna. I expected that one to be that close too. And the Southwest Gretna, same score as the first time they met <laughs> earlier in the year. Also, uh, only single overtime that first time. So had to you know play four extra minutes of basketball to to get there in the district championship. All time leading scorer for Lincoln Southwest, Ben Hunziker, leaves with his his head held high. He he grabbed that title here in the the postseason and. Had another big game, a great, fantastic career for him. And what I will say is I think Alex Baugh is building something very special at Southwest. A ton of freshmen and sophomores contributed to this year's team. A lot of juniors as well that will be back. Ryland Smith I think will be one of the best players in the city. So they're definitely going to push for a state tournament berth next year as well. And me and you spoke last week about this kind of being Pius's window to, yeah. to make the state tournament. And there's no doubt in my mind that senior-heavy starting lineup, that was the entire reason why they beat Papio South. I mean, Titans have several freshmen that that start and play key minutes. Obviously, senior guard Daniel Brokow, he had a big game too. He was their leader. Um, but I think really the, the experience paid off, and Pius just shot out of there 22-5 to in, in the second quarter early, and that was just too much for Papio South to come back from. Great three-point shooting, Jack Hostrider and and Brady Christensen really showed up to to put the Bolts back to state. Hostrider and Christ- the Hostriders and Christensen are pretty formidable trio there, and they're tall too. Gives a lot of team issues, but probably the one that stole the headlines last night. Sometimes for not a good reason, but it was still a fantastic game. Creighton Prep defeats Lincoln Northeast fifty-seven forty-five in triple overtime, but it wasn't the score or the amount of overtimes that caught the attention of everybody. It was how Creighton Prep won. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen, but it was the least at the first overtime that Creighton Prep held the ball for three minutes at a time, I believe, two? Yep. Yeah, Sec- second, second overtime. overtime. Okay. Yeah. But they held the ball for over three minutes to hold down the last possession. I think Northeast had a chance to win it, but they couldn't convert. But that brings, of course, the shot clock conversation. And I don't know, last night, this is not good for that conversation at all and I got really bad over Twitter yeah I mean what I will say is Josh Lukey has coached many many games for prep I mean countless games over the years and I I sincerely doubt that he's employed this strategy in in even you know two or three games um, going back because if you look at that first overtime both teams tried to score I mean it was up and down I think probably five or six shot attempts for both teams and just nothing happened, you know, no no scoring. The defenses were winning out. So second overtime, you know, Prep gets the ball to start, and Northeast is playing this 1-3-1 zone. It's basically just a, a big game of chicken. Yeah. You know, Prep going, oh, come on, you know, push out, play us man-to-man, you know, stop just sitting in your zone. And Northeast going, come on, attack us, you know, you won't. we got this great zone defense. And ultimately, I mean, it's it's really not the product that you want in a district championship just passing the ball around the top of the key for for three and a half minutes and and going for one shot so I will also note I mean I I think it it makes things a lot better that 
prep won that game in the third overtime on their own accord, you know, yeah. not not by playing a, a stalling game, by attacking that northeast zone, making their free throws down the stretch and, and playing defense on their own too. So I, I, I do think there's a reason why it kind of made people go, if we're playing this style of basketball in a district championship with a chance to get to state, is that really what we want? Because ultimately, I mean, it was it was a defensive game, and the overtime should reflect that, but in no way should you just hold the ball for, for three and a half minutes. That that just doesn't show off the, the quality of these players on, on both the offensive and defensive end of the court. So, I mean, credit to Northeast for, for giving prep that challenge. You know, playing playing them to a 40-point game over, you know, four quarters and an overtime is a credit to them in the, in there themselves. But, yeah, I think I think that, that definitely left a little sour taste, the, the fact that it wasn't so much aggressive as a little bit more passive, just waiting for the chance to run that clock out. And yeah, I guess the other side of it, too, is that I think it's fall on both sides, one, for just passing the ball around, also, two, for Northeast being in that zone. It's It, ta- it took both sides of the aisle there to create that situation so and again yeah twitter went on fire last night talking about the shot clock i'm personally an advocate for the shot clock but again a shot clock probably helps there but also like again it's both sides you're playing zone and then you're just passing the ball around yeah but it's a combination of both a little bit i think yeah the shot clock would definitely remedy that obviously because they they can't hold it for three and a half minutes but i don't think there's anything wrong with with playing a zone defense you know Coach Lukey also explained, Ron Powell was there, that his team was tired. You know, they need a little bit of a reset, which I understand. You know, maybe try to make him chicken out for a minute and a half. But I think really the, the three and a half minutes, you know, 340 until you get one shot off, that's the egregious thing there. Like, you, yeah. can, you can pass it for a while to try to force them out. But doing it for the whole period, yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's what really ticked people off. The conversation continues here in the state of Nebraska, and it will it will until we we get another round through the the legislative yes. process. So <laughs> we'll see if that happens. Uh, in Class B, all the top top six seeds take the win, and Blair beats McCook fifty eight fifty seven for the upset there. And like we briefly mentioned, Waverly, both girls and boys, uh, they really enjoyed their trips out west. The uh, Waverly boys defeated Sydney fifty to forty four. Two EMC schools there, and I thought it was a little bit of a maybe a down year for EMC boys basketball, but both of those teams coming on strong and, and making it to state shows that the quality was there. They just kind of beat up on each other a little bit. And in C1, top C1 contenders take care of business, but, I mean, Luke, we've already talked about this numerous times, just how loaded the C1 class is. I mean, Milford, who went undefeated last year, does not get into state this year in Lincoln. And other teams include Central City and Gordon Rushville, again, teams that you had rated uh, throughout the year, and just C1's a load field. Yeah, those those district finals are, are basically a, a state championship, yeah. you know, in of themselves for those teams, and... You know, really, you look at all three that miss out, and the team that beat them, I mean, close games, but just as deserving, Auburn, four-point win over Central City, Ogallala, 10 points over Milford, and then Fort Calhoun, four points over Gordon Rushville. Definitely, you know, stinks for Gordon Rushville to miss out. You know, another team that was looking to make a splash at state, you know, give a, a little bit of a Western presence, but, I mean, first state tournament appearance in almost 100 years for Fort Calhoun, that's got to feel yeah. great for, for that team and that town. The Schwarz brothers, I think, have have kind of been the the heartbeat of that team, and they deserve to to make it to state. Think about it. The last time that uh, Fort Calhoun made the state tournament, what the Great Depression hadn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's that, that tells you how long. It's geez. crazy because there's, you know, I don't know how many high schools have even been around for a hundred years. Obviously, we have a lot more, you know, consolidations and and co-ops and you know schools popping up. Um, you know, plenty that have, you know, disappeared but are just playing under a different name. But, you know, to represent your town for, for 100 years and, you know, miss the state tournament all those times, all those basketball seasons, yeah. well, it was worth it for, for 2022, all those years. <laughs> In C2, Cross County has their season ended by Howells Dodge again, 6347. Of course, Howells Dodge beat Cross County in-state football as well. Uh, but all the other top seeds take the win and again, go to the state tournament with a really good C2 field. Yeah, and, you know, Clark spoke a little bit about just playing a tough schedule during a regular season prepares you for that. 
nothing nothing showed it more than that one. I mean, Howells Dodge played ton of C1 teams, pretty much everybody good in their area across county, playing more of a, a Class D schedule. You know, they, they had like a 23-2 and two record, but, you know, Howells Dodge prepared for that moment and, you know, just really going to show that the C2 field is just loaded, I think perhaps more so than, than any other class in, in the boys' side. And again, talking about just loading up your schedule, same thing happened in D1. Lord CC, the 14th seed, beats the 3 seed Ainsworth 67-52. And in D2, Shelton gets both boys and girls team at state. And Parkview Christian, after losing the state final a year ago, goes back with a 66-40 win over Humphrey St. Francis. Yeah, Lord's kept picking up some losses to, to some of those C2 and, you know, Class D teams as well. And kept, you know, dropping them a little bit in the rankings, but... Really, always had in the the back of my head that they were a team with the talent to make the state tournament, and they they showed it with a great win over Ainsworth. I think you know this town of Shelton has really got to be a, a special week for them with the boys and girls teams. And Parkview Christian has done a fantastic job over the last few years, kind of cementing their role in D two, getting a lot of players that you know want to make that kind of state tournament run and giving them the chance to in their program. So, going to be great to see them back at at the state tournament. Well, that's a chaotic week of district basketball all wrapped up for you. But in addition to that, we had state swimming and dive at the Bob Devaney Sports Center. Clark, you're a one-man show for us there uh, uh, at yep. Devaney. I mean, tell, take us through uh, what happened there. Yeah, it was a, a, a exciting weekend, and it always is in that, especially with that environment, um, you know, because they, they, it's not a very – not a lot of seats, but they pack it pack it in and so it, it's pretty electric and especially the not just the crowd but the swimmers too creates a lot of energy so it's kind of a unique atmosphere that you don't get a lot of um in state um you know event um atmospheres but uh, uh lincoln southwest um unique situation the boys and girls both won the team titles it's the first time since um 1994 that that's happened um i i think omaha burke was the last team to do it mm. um and uh, you know it was really impressive because um, you know it, both of them had to both teams had to fend off great challenges. I mean Creighton Prep was right there with the boys, um, Omaha Marion was right there with the girls. The girls race was two ninety four to two ninety two um, for Southwest, and that that's really unique for a race to be that close. Um, it, it really came down to the relays for both um, the final event, the four hundred freestyle relay in both uh, boys and girls. So. Um, so yeah, great, great run for Ross Mueller. Great job, what he's done with that program, keeping it going after uh, Leanne Federwitt uh, stepped down to move to Texas. Um, you know, Southwest. Th- there's a lot of great swimmers in the city, and that was shown last weekend. Uh, Natalia Woods from Southeast won two gold medals. She's now four four as a sophomore. She she says she wants to go for eight. Only one swimmer's ever done that. Um, and then Tommy Palmer and Kel Milonic on the boys' side for Southwest, really wrapped up some great careers, both of them with uh, their fifth. Uh, Kale won two, um, 100 breaststroke and 100 freestyle, and then uh, Tommy won the 50, and then Bella Livingston won a state title for the for the Southwest girls. So uh, great, great weekend for Lincoln swimming teams and swimmers, and a great weekend, obviously, for uh, Southwest, which um, I, was, um, I was at Southwest High School the other night covering the East – southwest girls game i saw there, there there's two spots for the two banners i i could see i mean i i spotted them already for them so you can tell that they they were getting the space ready so so uh yeah good good week uh for the good weekend for that school yeah but say getting ready to lift any banners of any kind in uh gymnasium at high school is pretty pretty good yeah. pretty good week then i think they introduced them at a game didn't they yeah at the, the southwest uh district semifinal against omaha south huge mm-hmm. Huge ovation from the crowd. Everybody got to their feet. So yeah. really, really nice to see those swimmers recognized. Yeah. Southwest has been on a run in swimming and dive, and they cap it off this year with sweeping the both boys and girls. If you missed any of that coverage from Clark, go on to journalstar.com to catch up on everything there. That's what's happened. And now we're going to look forward to state tournament basketball. Boys and girls jam-packed into one single week. And we're going to break it down, but we're going to take a break first. Don't worry. All that coming up next here on the Prep Extra Podcast. Don't go away. State Basketball Preview up ahead.
Welcome back. Prep Extra Podcast brought to you by the Lincoln Journal Star. Jeff Ekstrom, Luke Mullen, and Clark Grell back with you here. It is the State Tournament Preview Edition, and let's hop right into it. Clark, starting on the girls' side in Class A, again, really good matchups across the board, but one that really stands out, and we talked about this possibly even being a semifinal matchup, but due to the wildcard points, they end up being first round, 315 uh, o'clock on Monday, I believe. Um, Number four seeds, Omaha Central against number five seed, Lincoln Southwest. Yeah, um, that I think that's one of the more appealing first round games in the entire field um, in girls on that first couple days. Um, you know, it, it's interesting th- those two teams met as the four five last year at state. One of the better games, Central prevailed. What was interesting about that was last year the regular season Southwest won the regular season matchup, and then Central got him in the state tournament in the four five game. This year. Southwest gets him in the regular season, <laughs> and now Central gets a chance to get him again in the four or five games. So, um, you know that that regular season meeting, um, Southwest was in control most of the game, and Ania Jones, the star point guard sophomore for Central, went out um, with an injury early third quarter. But I, it may have been a played a factor in what the final score might have been. But sent, Southwest played their best game that day, and so they, I think they were on their way to win that game. Um, but now having Jones, obviously, it, you know, she's going to be playing all four quarters here. And then, uh, cent- you know, just Central looking to get, you know, kind of avenge that loss. And, um, you know, and Central, you know, and South- Southwest too. I mean, Central's, I, in Central's mind, I think they believe, hey, we got the talent to win it all. So, yeah. you know, they're, they're I think they're going to be locked in and ready to go for that one. Um, but I, I do think that's. That's a great matchup. You got two great point guards with Jones at Central, and then obviously Kennedy Williams, who's just just a huge spark plug of, and just a ball of energy for for Southwest. She just so, you know, she just flies all over the court. Um, so I, I definitely think that one is is the one to watch. But obviously, you know, the other one too is Fremont Pius because it's a rematch of last year's final. It's a rematch of um, the regular season opener won by Pius. It's a rematch of the hack final one by Fremont so I you know I, I think Fremont's rolling right now they're, they're you're starting to see them really click I, I don't know if Pius can keep up with them this time around but definitely one to watch and, and you 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 have to think that you know Ryan Posota and Andy Markowski you know head coach and assistant coach at Pius will will definitely have a good defensive scheme or plan to to try to slow down Taylor McCabe and and that three-point offense so don't count out the bolts, but uh, you know I, I, it's you know I, I kind of think I see Fremont kind of advancing there in that oh, that matchup. Rubber match that one tips off yep. at six o'clock at PBA. Going down to Class B, I mean Class B is kind of interesting too. But you have the top three: Elkhorn North, uh, Omaha Scott. Norris is the four seed, but they're really in that echelon of top three. Clark, what looks good there in those first round matchups? I'm looking at that Norris York game. I think that's a rematch from last year's state semifinal, won by Norris. Uh, I, I believe in overtime. I have to double check that. And then obviously they played each other in the regular season. I was at that game. York w- York was leading that game. Uh, was in control in the second quarter. Then Norris kind of hit him with it with a strong second half and came back and won that game. But Nor York showed in that game that they had what it takes to win that game. I think everyone sees in Class B. It's they they see Scott, they see Elkhorn North as the two teams to beat, and and they are. <laughs> and there's a there's a gap there I think between them and everyone else. But I do think that next team people will look at is is Norris. Um, but then I I. You know, I, then I think York, but I think York's right there, especially when they're firing on offense. When when they're not firing on offense, the, you know, the, they're not up there. But when the, when they're playing, I covered that Beatrice game last week in the sub district final. When their offense is clicking, they're they're really tough. Des, Destiny Shepard at point guard, Mesa Shireman in the middle. They have a great inside outside game that that really not a lot of teams in B have. So if they are clicking offensively. Uh, I, I can see York kind of, you know, giving Norris a good game and maybe even prevailing there. But that's definitely the, you know, again, that's another 4-5. Mm-hmm. So on paper, it's it looks good. But even, all, you know, but it, it, it's indeed more, the best, the better, probably the more even matchup of the three of the four Class B games in the first round. 
And yes, the reward for the winner of that one gets to take on most likely Elkhorn North, the yep. one scene. Uh, game between Norris and York tips off on Tuesday at 10.45 a.m. at PBA. NC1, let's give a quick shout-out to Lincoln Lutheran. They're the number one seed, and they've so far have earned it with a 22-3 and record. They take on BRLD in the first round. But out of all of those, Clark, what one looks good? I'm going to go to the 2-7 matchup there. The defending state champion, two-time defending state champion, North Bend Central Tigers, uh, Malcolm. Um, you know, I think, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm kind of waiting for North Bend. To, uh, they've played well all year, but I, 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 I don't know. Maybe it's because they've won the last two titles. I'm kind of expecting this this great run by North Bend Central, and maybe they're just going to take care of business and look like by far the best team in C1. But I, I do think I, with Alyssa Fortick, at the point guard, Malcolm has something that a lot of teams don't, which is this great, great guard play offensively and defensively. And I, I could see them giving uh, North Bend Central a, a great run here, uh, a, a great challenge. Um, obviously, North Bend Central with the Emmanuel sisters, Sydney and and, and Caitlin. And, and, you know, those two have a lot of state tournament experience being, you know, being on the last two state tournament title winning teams. So, um, you know, maybe that prevails there. But, you know, I... I I don't know. I mean, I haven't talked to Malcolm players or Coach Klepper uh, here, but I, I got to imagine they're going to kind of go in with like kind of nothing to lose mentality. You know, no, you know, we're the seventh seed. Maybe we're not <laughs> expecting to do much here, but um, so that would be you know that would be a tough challenge for North Bend Central for sure. And and I think just quickly, I mean, I think Lincoln Lutheran that's not an easy first round opponent. BRLD um, Lincoln Lutheran leads Class C in scoring defense. BRLD is first in scoring offense. So it's an interesting matchup. That one for Lincoln Lutheran, that one tips off at 9 a.m. on Monday at Devaney. And for North Bend Central, Malcolm, that one tips off at 1.30 at Devaney as well. Moving up to C2, Hastings St. Cecilia is the top seed there, and they've been at the top of the table for most of the season. But, Clark, through all those, which one intrigues you the most? I, there are three three great matchups here. Um, but the one I'm it, the one you got to circle is Crofton Ponca. It's a rematch of last year's state final, won by Crofton. Uh, the, these two teams met during the regular season. They split both meetings. Uh, it was a Ponca's only loss. So this is kind of the rubber match to that. I mean, when you got a rematch from a state tournament uh, championship game from a year before and it's your first-round game, I mean, you, you got to circle that one. And, and, and obviously some great players in that matchup, especially with Ponca. Ponca's got one of the better duos, I think, in the state with uh, Sam Ellers and um, uh, Ashlyn Kingsbury, I think is her name. So... Uh, you know, I expect that to be, uh, I mean, probably one of the better first-round matchup games of the day in, in, in recent memory, really. I mean, when you, when you look at what those two teams have accomplished this year and, and in recent memory. And then you work your way down to D1. Elmwood Murdoch earns the top seed. They're 23-3. and three. Actually, I should backtrack. And Crofton and Ponca, they play on Tuesday at 315 at Lincoln Southeast. In D1, number one seed, Elmwood Murdoch at 23-3. and three. Clark, uh, most intriguing matchup there. And uh, D one, yeah, we're, we're looking at Humphrey Lindsay Holy Family, Nebraska Christian. I, I think Humphrey Lindsay Holy Family, they got one of the top post players in the lower classes, and Addison Schneider. She's a doubles doubles machine. Um, they're a state title contender. I think they think they have what it takes to win it all, and on paper they do. Um, they're going to see a Nebraska Christian team really hot right now. I think they've won nine, ten straight games. Uh, they had a successful volleyball uh, run, so I, I think that translates in the girls' state tournament basketball-wise. So I, I definitely think those two teams will uh, – that that could be a, a really good game right there at, um, on uh, on Tuesday. Yep, Tuesday at Lincoln Southwest. That one tips off at 10.45 a.m. And to round things out, in D2, Fall City Sacred Heart, defending the state uh, runner-up a year ago. They're the number one seed, 24-3. and three. Uh, uh, Clark, in the D2 matchup, what looks good? I think the better matchup is probably that 4-5. You got Anselmo Myrna playing Sterling. Uh, Sterling's got one of the better uh, guards you'll see in the lower classes than Macy Richardson. She's a great athlete, great softball player, by the way, uh, and track athlete. But the one I'm I, – I, Sacred Heart, why not? I, I don't I, – th- those two seem to run into each other every year yep. at State. They did last year. Sacred Heart outlasted them in the semifinals, and then it seems like uh, they meet in the finals most other years. But uh, – I, I know why not. You look at the record, fifteen and ten. They they aren't as 
maybe good as they have been the last few years here, but th- that's a really, really good program. Steve Weiser knows he always has them ready this time of year. He runs 10, 11 players out there, subbing like crazy. Um, you know, Sacred Heart on paper should win this game, put it away. But again, I mean, y- y- don't ever underestimate what, what uh, Weiser does at Why Not. And I, that, that, that's an interesting first round matchup. Usually it's a state final. Yeah, I remember I covered D2 the entire weekend last year under the girls' side, and I've never seen anybody run a program or run a team like Steve Weisler does for a Yeah, while. and they sub every minute. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fun to watch. <laughs> that rounds out the girls' preview. Don't worry, Clark will have his picks here near the end of the show. And we, won't, we won't go away without doing our state championship picks. Don't worry. In boys, Luke, let's start there. Uh Plenty of very intriguing first-round matchups. You got Gretna, Omaha Central, 4-5. Bell West, Pius at 2-7. But a rivalry is the one you chose the your most intriguing matchup here. Oh, yeah. I mean, the West Side prep rivalry, I think, always brings the best out of each other during the regular season. Didn't this year when West Side just Smack completely, him. yeah, destroyed prep. But I think at the state tournament, I mean, those student sections are going to go crazy. It's the nightcap, too. Oh. I mean, you put all those things together, and I think it has the potential for a a very special matchup. And, you know, I I think this is going to dictate a lot of West Side State Tournament run. I mean, obviously they could get tripped up and and lose in the first round. But I think if they can put together a really solid game, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying they need to blow out prep by 30 points like they did the first time, but if they can really elevate their game to kind of that state tournament level that they expect to be at, I mean, that that would just go the whole world to, you know, see what they can do in the semifinals and then maybe in the finals because this is a West Side team where it's their year. I mean, it's a senior heavy group, junior Tate Advati, He's the, the leading scorer, and he'll be back next year. But four senior guards, a ton of contributors off the bench too. I mean, they, they need a strong start in that one. Prep is not going to be eager to, you know, repeat that regular season matchup too. I think, you know, you look at districts and, and they were pretty low scoring, but Prep has had some, some great games in the 60-point mark this time of year, so you never know what's going to happen that one. That one, like Luke mentioned, is the nightcap on, uh, let's take a look here, I believe it's on Monday, right? It's on Tuesday. Tuesday, yep. Tuesday flipped around there. So it is on Tuesday, tip-off at 7.45 p.m. Moving down to Class B, obviously Omaha Scott is the number one seed. They've been rolling all season long. Uh, but Luke, what do you like there? I really like the 4-5 the matchup. I mean, as Clark said, those are usually going to be the most even ones, you know, regardless of class, but... Platteview and Bennington, if you're you're looking to watch some talent on display, obviously you can't do a lot better than Platteview guard Connor Milliken. Just an absolute force. He can score from all over, three-point shooting, mid-range, getting to the rack. I mean, he is just fun to watch. And what I will say is I watched that Bennington team win the EMC championship over Waverly, you know, a few months ago, and it was a, a very low-scoring affair. But what really struck me about him is guard Austin Holtz. He does a lot of the same things that Milliken does, you know, being that ball-heavy guard, you know, getting to the mid-range and, you know, just being that consistent scorer. So I think that's going to be a, a great matchup to watch to see if either team can kind of neutralize that top scoring guard. Moving on, or that game does tip off at 10.45 a.m. on Monday, and that is at PBA. Uh, C1, again, we've talked about the class. C in general is just loaded up and down um but again a four five matchup makes it your most intriguing absolutely i think you know auburn and omaha concordia and that four five you know you have the the three-time defending state champs they have not lost in the in the state tournament in a very long time versus a concordia group who kind of similar to westside i think this is their year to to make some noise they got a bunch of talented seniors zach calus i think is one of the the most impressive i've watched all year and they can really score the ball. They they can really push it. I mean, they're a team that likes to play offensively. They like to to run up the pace. Versus Auburn, you know, they've coached Jim Weeks. He's he's made it an art of packing it in at the state tournament. So that one's going to be fun for me to watch to see what style kind of wins out. I mean, Auburn. I'm not discounting their ability to to win another state tournament. Just you know, they need to start off strong. Is that defense? You know, is that scoring at the same level? I think that opening round game will will tell us a lot. 
Yeah, Auburn is not the clear away favorite like they have been, like they were yeah. during their three-peat. NC2, though, really good first-round matchup of last year C2 or D1 state title. Luke, what do you got? Yeah, Humphrey, Lindsay, Holy Family. I mean, I, I can't believe that they're the number three seed, which— The 25-1. Yeah, I— I don't think they're going to be upset. You know, they're they're expecting to win a state championship. They're a team with that pedigree, you know, undefeated for pretty much the entire season as well. So I think the seed's going to go out the window for them a little bit. But knowing that they have to play Howell's Dodge the first round, I mean, the Jaguars, they're going to be motivated. You know, first matchup of the year was super close. Next matchups, not, not so much so. It was more of a, a Humphrey blowout, you know, really tipping the scales in their favor. So... I think we're going to see a little bit of a different Howell's Dodge team come out in that one. And that, that whole C2 field I'll get to in our state championship picks, I mean, it's loaded. I think pretty much anybody can make a run, but Humphrey Lindsay, Holy Family, obviously the favorite, I think, as that defending D1 champion undefeated the whole year, but Howell's Dodge could definitely give them a scare in the opening round. And that game tips off at Lincoln Northeast. It's going to be an absolutely packed Jim there at Northeast. That one tips off at 315 on Monday. D1, Luke, and it's kind of breaking the barrier here a little bit with one versus eight, but that's really intriguing. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel bad putting a, a number one seed on upset alert in the opening <laughs> round. And I mean, really, I've had North Platte St. Pat's as the top team in D1 for pretty much last month and a half, you know, maybe two months of the season. And don't get me wrong, I think they, they should be the favorite. Um, you know, they're a fantastic team. A lot of great players. They do a great job of, of spreading the ball around. But I think Lords does kind of the same things. And to me, that's going to be interesting to see, you know, those strengths kind of work against each other. Blake Miller, Bo Lee, and Zach Tesseric there at Lords Central. I think three 10-point-a-game scorers are, are just around that mark. So they can bring it on any given night. And I think that they have the talent to make a run for an opening round game. To me, that one is going to be super fun to watch. That one is on Monday as well at 9 a.m. at Lincoln North Star. And finally, to wrap up, in D2, St. Mary's is the top seed at 24-2. and two, But it's, again, 4-5. And both of these teams, Why Not and Osceola, I think, are, are just phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, Why Not has a bunch of fantastic scores. The, the Schroeders, Carl, Charles Schroeder, excuse me, and Chase Schroeder, both averaging over 10 points a game. All their other starting guards, you know, they had a couple guys averaging five or six. Um, you know, easily a team like that can make a run. And then I look at Osceola, and they got Isaiah Zelazny and Kale Gustafson, two of the, the best athletes, I think, there on the football field. And, you know, watching them at the Heartland, Heartland Hoops Classic, I was just blown away by the speed that Osceola plays. I mean, they are, they are a team that could easily fit in C1 or C2 because they like to push it. You know, they like to score. They play a, a great brand of basketball. And I would not be surprised whoever makes it out of there. You know, St. Mary's is the one seed, fantastic team, but that 4-5 matchup to me really has the look of one of those teams could make the state finals. Yeah, Osceola, I believe I watched them last year in the state tournament. They were taking on, like, Central Valley, and they were very good. And they were very fun to watch because, yeah, they run it up and down the floor and whatnot. And for why not, just a little fun fact, Steve Weisler is actually on the staff as well. So it'll be interesting to see how he balances that. Yeah, that is interesting. Because he's an assistant coach on the boys' side. I believe he joined them either last year or a couple years ago. Because it's only like his third or fourth year on the boys' side. But yeah, he helped to balance that, which is interesting. Yeah, that's crazy. So they play, I have to look that up. I I have to look when he, um, what days they're playing. I know know they don't play at the same time, obviously. So looking quick, on the Why Not side, they play at 9 a.m. on Monday. And then 10.45 on Tuesday (laughs) in the boys' side. So the, the early morning. But I think it, it does line up because the, the semifinals then Wednesday on the girls' side, Thursday on the boys' side. So Yeah, it works out, but man, that's a busy week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pulling, you, pulling double duty there. Yeah. You, you can't put him on the boys' scouting report. He's got to worry about Sterling yeah. or Anselmo Myrna. Well, Steve Weisler is going to be a busy man next week here <laughs> at uh, PVA uh, and other uh, schools around Lincoln. And now... To the part you've all been waiting for, whether you want to agree with us or critique us for our picks, it is the state championship picks. Clark, you'll be doing girls. Luke, you and I will be doing boys. We're going to start in Class A. Clark, let's start with you. Who do you got? Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go with the Patriots. Millard South, the, you know, they're unbeaten. Um, you know, they got three 
juniors that are really really good and Chloe Lemon, Maya Babbitt, and Cor Olson. I, I, I and then they they got other play, really good players too. I mean Megan Belt's really underrated player. I mean, so I I think I. I think they're going to get it done. I, but um, I do like how Fremont's playing right now. Um, that that's the, another team I'd be watching out for. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my feather in a cap that Fremont I think has what it takes to get it done. Obviously Taylor McCabe, I mean hard pressed to find a better scoring guard. She's just fantastic. But around her, McKenna Murphy and and Bella Keaton I think are both fantastic. Macy Bryan and Sarah Shepard. That mm-hmm. whole starting five. I mean, if we do get that Millard South Fremont matchup, that is must see basketball. It was last year. I don't know if you saw it last year. They they played each other in the state semifinals. And it was one of the better games I've seen in a long time on on the girls' side for sure. And yeah, if if it's those two, you know, I mean, we either if it's if it's not, I mean, we're we're in store for some great semifinals if 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 it chalks up because um, you might see Central and Millard South and then Fremont, Lincoln High. I mean, that you're you're looking at two. Um, great, great semifinals, but yeah, I'm going to stick with the Patriots. Yep, I'm going to side with Clark. I got, I got Millard South. I mean, again, those state tournaments are different. It's not about who's the best; it's about who gets hot. And I think Millard South has a lot more options of who could get hot for those few games. Um, even though Taylor McCabe could easily just run over everyone and lead Fremont. So um, I do shout out to Lincoln High, though. Yes, uh, I do want to make sure we get that. <laughs> you know what Dominique Kelly's done with that program. Um, you know, and and obviously Luke, you saw it firsthand the the emotions and kind of the excitement of winning his you know district title. Um, that was pretty sweet, and um, you know I I wouldn't count them out. I mean, I think they they've proved everyone wrong every every week this year, and I think you know so. But yeah, I mean I, you know so like I said, it'd be if it's them and Fremont in the semifinals, a great great semifinal matchup. And then moving on down to Class B, there's. There's a few good teams in there, but I mean the top echelon, Elkhorn North Scott's in there. But Clark, who's your pick? I it'd be a huge upset if it's not Elkhorn North and Scott in this final. I really think that um, you know, all due respect to the the rest of the class there, but uh, I'm going to go Wolves to, for the repeat. Um, you know, although I will say, you know, I was. Obviously, Scott got him in the regular season. I, I thought it was more telling that Scott almost got him again in the sub-district final, so that, that Elkhorn North needed a buzzer beater to, to pull that off, and that was a great, great game. You had Britt Prince going off for 33 points. Peyton McCabe had 32 for Scott. Um, I, I But I'm going to – so that tells me that, hey, Scott, don't don't close the door on Scott, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay on Elkhorn North here. I, I, I just think – um, you know, with Britt Prince running the show, it, it, it's hard to go against the best player in the state in, in Class B. Well, I mean, I, I'm guys, I'm predicting a pretty good week for the McCabe family. <laughs> they <laughs> might, right. not, they might yeah. not be, they might not be so happy if your predictions shake out. But I, I actually, I like Scott to come away with this. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to fault anybody for taking the defending champs. And yeah. obviously, I mean, everything Britt does on the court kind of speaks for itself, but. I will say getting the chance to watch Scott earlier in the year against Pius, I was just blown away by the depth and, and how many three-point yeah. shooters they have. I mean, obviously Peyton, she can go off for about 30, but, I mean, they have a freshman point guard, Presley Douglas. Douglas does a great job. Jesse Trout, Mia McMahon, and Victoria Van Dyke, I think, are a few of their other key players that can just pop up at, at moments. Addison Bird as well. You know, they, they have a ton of different players who rotate in. You know, those Elkhorn North battles, obviously – you know, sometimes your shooting's on, sometimes it's off, but I, I like just the sum of all the pieces that Scott, I think they have what it takes. The, the question with Scott will be, they do have two, three freshmen in the rotation. Douglas, you mentioned Douglas. Uh, how do the freshmen handle that spotlight at State? Sometimes they don't handle it well. Some Sometimes they handle it well, but, uh, you know, that would be a big question with Scott. If they handle it well, then, yeah, uh, yeah it, it game on between them and Elkhorn North. It's very. I got Elkhorn North because, one, there's two like big factors I take in state tournaments, which is a very small sample size, and that's coaching, if there's a big advantage there, or who has the best player. And Britt Prince is the best player in Class B and potentially in girls' basketball in the state of Nebraska probably is. That's why I have Elkhorn North, and mm-hmm. I think they're going to take the rubber match. They have that. They were in the state championship last year, obviously, and won, so I think Elkhorn North takes it there over Scott. But I think it's going to be really close. Like It yeah. could be the game of the tournament of the girls' tournament uh, or the whole week, too. In C1, Clark, who do you got? It's 
pretty good field. Uh, yeah. So what yeah. do you got there? I, I I think I mentioned this last week. I I think there are six, five, six teams that can win it all here. That, that's how good this class is. And some of these teams in C two would challenge in C one. That's how good they are. I I. It's easy to say St. Cecilia, it's hard to, you know, Bailey Kissinger, one of the top point guards in the state. I'm going to go Guardian Angels Central Catholic, though. I, I think they've been um, they've been so good this year. Um, only one loss. Really, really balanced. They, they don't have anybody that averages more than nine points a game, but they're just, but they have a bunch of kids. It's kind of like the Lincoln Lutheran effect. They, they just have a bunch of kids in that nine, eight, seven, six range. So they have a lot of kids that can, that can really, you know, Sophia Haas is one of their better players. Um, you know, I I like what they've done, their body of work. Um, but like I said, I'm not I'm not confident about that pick because <laughs> I think I think Saint Cecilia can win it with Kissinger. I think Bridgeport can win it with the with the Loomis Goldel sisters. Um, I think Oakland Craig with the Nelson girls really good. And then Ponca, you know, you know, like I said, I, they're playing as well as anybody right now. But I, I'm GACC is the pick. Dude, I got Haste St. Celia. I'm just going by the default pick just because they're the top seed. And also, Clark, you mentioned it's just such a loaded field. I might as well. I'll just yep. pick the top one. And Luke, uh, you got something similar in here yeah, in C2? totally agree. Bailey Kissinger, just watching her play at State the last couple of years. I think she's a UNK commit. Just fantastic player, scoring, passing all around. Just one of the best in the class, and I think she'll show up. And I think we went out a little order here. We'll go back to C1. Um, oh, you said C1, didn't you? I don't Sorry. remember what I said to be honest. So it, it doesn't matter. Oh. We, we're we're going to discuss them both. I was and so mean, I was so excited yes, to talk about so that C two field. Be, yeah, that that's how good it was. C one is still very very exciting. It um, is. It is. You got of course shout out Lincoln Lutheran. They are the top seed. Clark, who you got there? I'm I'm going to go with the defending state champions. Just like and be here. Um, I North Bend Central. I, I think the I think the Emmanuel sisters. And then the supporting cast around them uh, is going to get the job done. Um, I I do think uh, that's going to be if if it is indeed North Bend Central and Grand Island Central Catholic in the semifinals, that's going to be a great great matchup. GICC got them in that girls basketball showcase, but I think North Bend avenges that lo- loss. And then I I just think they match up uh, really well against uh, Lincoln Lincoln Lutheran. I think they have the kids that can handle Lincoln Lutheran's pressure. Um, I, I do think uh, so. I'll go North Bend Central, but I will say, watch out for Lincoln Lutheran. Uh, you know what they can do defensively. They're they're going to hold teams down. The question is, can can they score enough? And I I think, you know, I remember last year against Sydney in the second round or in the first round, they scored a lot. <laughs> so uh, if they do something like that or um, similar over the course of three days, three or yeah, three rounds, um, they're going to be tough to beat. But I I just think the question mark. On the scoring side for them, and then with North Bend Central's experience in this in this tournament, just I, I got to go with the Tigers. What do you got, Luke? Well, I mean, I I think that's going to be the the final matchup. I think North Bend Central Lutheran will be a a great game, and for me, you know, I I think Lutheran could really get it done. What I will say is both of these teams have kind of a taste of of state gold. Lutheran, they're in volleyball. A lot of those yeah. same girls are on the team. Obviously, North Bend has has done it in basketball, which you know may. Maybe it matters more the sport we're actually playing, but I, I just like I like the athletic ability from Lutheran and, and Clark. You're totally spot on. Just going to be a question: can they can they score over forty? You know, sometimes they're down in the thirties as well. I think they're really going to need to keep up with North Bend Central, but I think Abby Walkel she does a great job leading that that press. I think she can disrupt them again. And Caitlin Oxley, the post player, DePaul volleyball recruit for Lutheran. Has played well in the postseason. Uh, that's a key too, I think, for Lutheran. If she, if she's playing well, then yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll definitely definitely in the position to win it all. Yeah, like you guys mentioned, it depends if Lutheran can score. I, I'm going North Bend Central because the experience and obviously the Manuel sisters are very very good. Um, so I have North Bend Central there. And now Clark, we're, Luke, and I don't know too much about D1 and D2, so we'll leave that to you. Who do you have there in Class D? Both those champs. I, I'm going to go Elwin Murdoch. Um, you know the top seed. They, they, they will. You know they've played such a hard schedule. They've been really, really consistent all year. I think it's going to be them and Bergen in the in the final, and which would be a rematch of the subdistrict final, won by Bergen in three overtimes. Uh, something worth noting in that game is uh, Brenna Schmidt. Uh, the 6'5 post player for Elman Murdoch, who K State volleyball recruit, 
she fouled out in the fourth quarter of that game. I that, that I think that made a huge difference um, in in that outcome. So obviously she needs to stay out of foul trouble. But I think if you know if if they're at full strength for four quarters, I I just I think Elman Murdoch's going to win three straight games. And then in uh, D two, I Sacred Heart. Um, I you know I think they're going to do the volleyball basketball sweep here. They they won a state volleyball title in the fall, and then you know a lot of those players that were huge in that I think are going to be huge here. Arison Vonderschmidt, a great great multi sport athlete, great volleyball player, great basketball player. Um, probably doesn't get talked enough from a from just from a statewide standpoint. Um, and then Rachel Magdans. Uh, great ball handler, good defender. You know, they and they they got some great pieces around them. And then Luke Santo, one of the better coaches in the state. Yep. So I, I, it's hard to go against um, Sacred Heart there. But I will say this: Humphrey St. Francis, no Allison Weiner, but they are playing super well <laughs> this year. It's, it's you knew they would be in the mix, you know, because they're they're a perennial powerhouse. But pretty impressive what they've done um, post. Allison Weiner, but I'm I'm gonna go with the Irish here to to get it done. And quick note on that, Rachel Magdans, I believe, was out for that state title game she a was. year ago because she injured in the semifinals her ankle. Yep. And that was a big talking point before that yep. one. So definitely. We'll definitely have her at full strength for that one. Those are uh our picks on the girls' side, and then moving into the boys, we're gonna start in class A. Luke, it's an intriguing field. I really think there's a top three, a little gap, and I mean little. And then it's everybody else. But uh, who do you got? Yeah, it's been a it's been a really competitive season, and I think you know seeing Gretna beat some of these top teams over the last couple of weeks definitely you know gives some some ability for those big upsets to happen. But I do agree the top three: uh, Bellevue West, Miller North, West Side. That's who I'm I'm looking at. And of those teams, I think Bellevue West just has the best overall depth of talent. I mean, when they have William Kyle and, and Jacob Arop there in the post. Josiah Dotzler, Evan Inselman, Jackson Stuvey. I mean, the three-point shooters, all these guys that come off the bench, too. I mean, the the talent on this Bellevue West team is just ridiculous, and they consistently put up 70, 80 points a game. I don't think that's going to change at the state tournament. Obviously, I think Miller North and, and Westside can run with them on a good day, but I think Bellevue West has just that higher depth of talent, the higher floor of scoring, and that'll help them out. Again, go back to what I just mentioned on the girls' side. There's two factors, coaching and top players, and I really analyzed those top three, and I always came back to Josiah Dotzler, who can get hot from three-point land, just one of the better guards in the state, and Doug Woodard. I mean, Doug Woodard's all famer, and he's just awesome. So I have Bellevue West. Clark, who do you got? Bellevue West. I'm going to go Bellevue West. They're going to, you know, um, motivated from last year. To to get it done, two title it would be two thousand three years if they were to win. Right? Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. yep. So good run by Bellevue West. We all have them down here for our champ in Class B. Runaway favorite. It's Scott Luke. Who do you got? Absolutely. I mean, I think it has to be Scott. I mean, if you look at Class B last year, it was really interesting because there was no clear favorite. Beatrice kind of came out of nowhere, I think, to to win that title. But Scott has just been at the top all year. I think just the depth of talent for them, too, has, has been far and above anybody else in, in Class B. Jake Brack, James Ninifu, and, and J.J. Farron, they're, I think, one of the best three-point shooters. That whole offense just gets going, starting five, and, and some guys off the bench, too. I I like, you know, some of those other Class B teams. You know, Platteview can give them a run. Ron Colley gave them a, a tough game, but I don't see anybody challenging Scott seriously. Yeah, they, uh, Scott did lose to Ron Colley, 57-54 in the sub-district uh, tournament, but they beat him by 14 the previous time. So yeah. I have Scott. I don't really think they might, when it comes to this stage, I don't know if they're going to get touched. Um, Clark, your pick. I, I'm i going to go Scott, too, but I think Ron Colley sent a message there in yeah. the, the sub-districts, uh, right? Was that the sub-district final mm-hmm. against uh, Scott? So I, I, I wouldn't count them out there, but uh, definitely I think Scott's the, the pick here. And then we go down to C1 when the uh, chaos begins in terms of no real clear favorite there. Ashlyn Greenwood, the number one seed in C1. Luke, who do you got? I have, uh, well, who's the number one seed, actually? Oh, sorry, excuse uh, me. Yep. But I, I am going to go with Ashlyn Greenwood. I mean, only loss on the year to Ron Colley, obviously, kind of that number two team in B, so really nothing you can have to, to shoot him down, but... I mean, Wahoo, Auburn, and I think Kearney Catholic, there is those top four seeds. All of them can make a run, and I'm, 
I'm super pumped to see that Ashland Carney Catholic potential semifinal matchup. That'll be a, a fun one. But you know, talk about best player. I don't think anybody's matching Kale Jacobson, but this entire Ashland team, three point shooters, uh, you know, a bunch of guys, you know, they can they can get it done. I think what they kinda lack is a little bit of post presence. You know, they would really rely on their guards to to get to the hoop, get that scoring in the paint, but I don't think they're gonna have any challenge getting that three point shooting and getting their guys running on on their way to a state title. I'm going a little gutsy pick. I'm going Auburn. Four seed. I, I'm saying they go win four straight. And I say that mainly because of their stock. I mean, obviously, people know they like to hold the ball for possession. They like to go slower. And, I mean, the teams they're facing are, they like to run. Omar Concordia likes to run. If Wahoo wins their game, they like to run it. Ashton Greenwood likes to do it. Um, and I think they've replaced their post presence well. Daniel Freire was the guy who graduated last year. Skylar Royball stepped into that spot, and I think he had 16 points in their district final win, lead all scores, I believe. So he did well there. I like I like Auburn to go uh, four in a row. Clark, who you got? I'm I'm going Corny Catholic here. I mean, they one loss and that loss was to Omaha Scut. Uh, they 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 played a tough schedule and uh, you know Brent Mahoney, uh, like a six four guard, <laughs> pretty impressive player. Uh, so I'm going to go with the stars there. There we go. All three different picks. We'd love to see it. Uh, moving down to C two again, a very very competitive field. Um, if you look at the number one C, that is Freeman, who very impressive team as well. Uh, Luke, who do you got? I, I genuinely think any of these eight teams could win state, which is pretty ridiculous. Like Freeman, Carter Niles, Carter Roos, those are two fantastic guys, and that's a, a Freeman team that relies on three-point shooting, which I think is going to be difficult to, to maintain over three games at, as that top seed. GICC and Donovan Trumbull at 4-5, again, fantastic. Hardington Cedar Catholic, Norfolk Catholic. But to me, Humphrey, Lindsay, Holy Family, they've been at the top all year. Jacob and Jason suits and and everybody around him just motivated. You know they've been there. They know what it takes to win at state, and I think they get it done. Yep, I agree with you, Humphrey Lindsay Holy Family. I mean, one last year, and just the suits brothers are something else. I mean, yeah. they're in a much more competitive field, so it's not gonna be like last year um, where they kind of ran through until they met House Dodge. But um, Humphrey Lindsay Holy Family, but it's gonna be close. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to disagree so we can mix it up here, but I, I it's hard to go against the Suits twins, uh, especially this is their last go-around. Um, and then, you know, they, they've been on that stage for, for a lot of games. So I, um, I, 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 part of me wants to say GICC, but uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the, yeah, with, with the Bulldogs. Yeah, it tells you a lot when the defending state champion's not picked and it's third to three C2, which is loaded in C2. Uh, and Luke, to round us out, you have your picks for D1 and D2. Yep, D1, I think North Platte, St. Pat's, they're going to be close. I like Jack Heist, 20-point-a-game scorer, but if there's anybody who can match him in, in terms of scoring and impact, it's Quinn Johnson from Loomis, one of the all-time best three-point shooters here at the state level. And I, I really like Loomis to, to kind of get it done, have a an all-time you know great performance. They have two D2 state championships in their school history, but this would be a, a great team, a bunch of great seniors, and I think they can get it done. And at D2, I think you got to go with the classic, the favorites. You know, same as on the girls' side, Falls City, Sacred Heart. Obviously, Coach Doug Goltz, he, he is a legend of it. You know, they, they won it last year. They won it the year before. They're looking for, for three in a row there. Uh, Jacob Jordan, uh, Jake Froschel, Evan Keith Lee, uh, Brogan Nactical, a bunch of guys who are really kind of in that 8 to 10 point a game range. They all rebound. They all crash the boards. They're all great on defense. That's a, a total package there at, at Sacred Heart. A couple of notes. One for Loomis. Yeah, Quinn Johnson is a stud from three-point. I've never seen – the closest comparison I have is Drew Cuxhausen, and you guys probably saw him play and how insane he was. Bluff, yeah. yeah, that's probably the closest comparison I compare Quinn Johnson to. Um, and Loomis, they've been on the brink here of being like that top team – but they haven't been able to get out of the first round. They've been to state. This will be their fourth straight year at state, and they haven't advanced past the first round since 2012. So it'll be interesting for the Wolves. And then for Sacred Heart, I guess I shouldn't doubt Doug Goltz at all any time. Does not matter the matchup? Because they defeated a Parkview team last year in the final. That was probably one of the most athletic teams D1 has ever seen, period. Um, and they still came out win, and they haven't really been touched this year in D2. So, uh Port notes there, Sacred Heart and Loomis, your picks from Luke. And that's going to wrap things up. Jam-packed episode. We had our state picks, recap what happened at state swimming, district basketball, broke down everything in the brackets. 
and we hope you enjoyed it here. Gentlemen, final thoughts before we send it away. I it's going to be uh unique. <laughs> um, you know, uh you know, basketball packed into 6 days. Um so that's going to be fun to watch. Uh you know, they already had to adjust some of the schedules, so the, the team I think GICC was one of the teams that factored in having to adjust the schedule so they weren't playing on the same day or in the same window. So uh, so it's going to be fun to see how they how the NSA like just kind of handles all this. Um, um, so far, they've done doing a great job, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, you're not going to be able to catch your breath really, but uh, um, it, I, I'm looking forward to that Friday Saturday where you got boys and girls kind of mixed in there. That's going to be I think it's going to be kind of cool. Yeah, everything everything we haven't covered on the pod. You know, make sure to check over journalstar.com where we'll have class by class breakdowns, some of our our fun digital aspects. We got a fun. Uh, draft project that you'll you'll be sure you want to watch that in its entirety uh, plenty of great coverage coming up we'll have writers at all the different classes so stay tuned follow prep extra on twitter we'll have all the coverage that is right follow at prep extra and go to journalstar.com for all breakdowns features gamers everything you need to know when it comes to state basketball next week it is going to be an absolute jam-packed fun time across Lincoln here in the city. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at lmullen 7 and at LGS Sports Grow. And you can find myself on Twitter as well at X underscore on underscore sports. Thank you everyone for listening. This wraps up the final basketball prep extra. Well, we'll have one more. We'll recap what happened in state basketball and we'll give our thoughts. But thank you so much for listening through this winter season. Don't worry, we'll do stuff for spring and whatnot. But the final one before state basketball, what we've been building up to so far this winter sports season. From Luke Mullen, Clark Grell, I've been your host, Jeff Ekstrom. Thank you so much for listening. And now, finally, go out and enjoy some state basketball.